T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I just think that uh, when it comes down to you know, what the lineup is and the game time decisions, you know, you have all that information that gives you some expectation, then you got to watch because the game is so dynamic. So I'm going to you know, take all the information, mean, not just me, our staff will take all the information we can, but, you know, it's, it's that one uh, – that one term I like a lot to describe the game is observational analytics. Welcome back, everybody. I am Hub Arker sitting in for Joe Ostrowski tonight on the Joe O Show. That was the uh, new and not so new manager of the Chicago White Sox, uh, Tony LaRusa. What was that? Observational analytics? I guess sabermetrics is not his thing. That should not surprise us from the 76-year-old manager of the Chicago White Sox. So far, so good for the most part is what we're hearing uh, out of Glendale, Arizona. But for the best information about Chicago's two baseball teams, we will go to our senior baseball expert here at The Score, Bruce Levine. Bruce, good enough to join us again this evening uh, on the Alp Monte Ford guest hotline. Bruce, thank you so much. And, and um, let, let's start right there. Um, Tony LaRusa, so far so good, it seems. Uh, players reacting to him well. I know uh, Tim Anderson was a guy that a lot of folks had their eye on in particular as to how he and LaRusa would mesh. And uh, I read and heard about a, a sit down between those two the other day that Anderson came away saying he felt really good about. So um, it appears uh, at least that LaRusa is off to a pretty good start with his young charges. I don't know why anyone would be surprised, Hobbin. Good evening. Always great to be with you. I, you look at Tony LaRusa's career, it spans 33 years as a manager. Uh, 50 years in the game, more than that, and uh, problems with players, problems with communication, problems getting the best out of players, uh, not winning, not having winning teams. That's not on Tony LaRusso's resume. You might you might hold against him that he's 76 years old and that he came back after not managing for 10 years, but I don't I don't understand where the idea comes from that 
he's going to have a hard time communicating with baseball players. That's what he's done best or better than just about 99% of any manager that's ever managed a game in his career. That's what made him a Hall of Fame manager. So uh, just uh, the idea that he's 76 and he had some uh, off-the-field moments that were not uh, too great, I I don't know how that comes back around to people watching how he communicates with these uh, young players. He's been doing it his whole life. Yeah, but Bruce, I, I think it's as simple as what you just said. I, I, I agree. I, it's not about his resume. It's not like there have been issues in the past. I think it's as simple as the fact that he is 76 years old, that, that, that he had been retired uh, for, for, we thought retired for quite some time, and now uh, he needs to lead a bunch of 20-somethings. And, and, and my guess is it's all about the multi-generation gap and, and not really a knock on LaRusso's ability yeah. to communicate. Well, the, 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 let's let's correct something. He hasn't. Re, he didn't retire. He stopped managing. He's been in the game continuously since 2011, uh, in the capacity of uh, being an everyday counselor for many people. For three years, he ran the Arizona Diamondbacks as the uh, principal uh, top person. So, from all of that, he hasn't left the game. Uh, Boston. Uh, people told me, players told me that his communication skills were great. Every day he would come down after the game, being the top lieutenant for, uh, for Dave Dombrowski, the president of the Red Sox, the year they won in 2018. And every year before the game and after the game, he would be with players, communicating with them. They looked forward to talking to him, uh, gaining information, sharing information, telling him things that uh, he didn't know. So, uh you know, the idea that this is some guy that got off of his couch and came back to baseball and is now the manager of the White Sox, just a fallacy. Bruce, I, I think it, it's not news anymore. It was announced yesterday, uh, the, the report that Jose Abreu is positive for COVID-19. Uh, we're told that he has been completely asymptomatic, that in fact there's even been uh, the presence of some antibodies uh, showing up in his testing. But he is positive. He is away from the team. And, and it's hard to not at least think a little bit about the struggles of Yohan Moncada last year uh, because really while he was only positive for a few weeks, uh, we're led to believe it cost him a good part of the season in terms of ever being himself. Uh, when you look at Abreu's production over the last three years, I, I don't think you worry a ton, uh, but you can't really ignore it either. No, uh, look, everybody's impacted differently with COVID. We're all different people. You see uh, younger people, uh, you know, not getting it. You see younger people getting it and being sick like uh, Mancata was last year, where his whole game, his whole season was impacted by a lack of energy and not not being himself for the entire season, the entire uh, 60 games of last year. So, uh, you know, to make assumptions that, you know, he's feeling great, he's doing great. You know, uh, that's why they have the isolation for this. And we're hoping he's 100%, and we're hoping that he comes back and he's fine. But, you know, again, the science on this stuff is inexact at this point, and um, we just uh, hope that nobody else gets a t- positive test in the Chicago teams or anywhere else and things, uh, things go well. But to assume would be a mistake here. I wouldn't say that anybody has forgotten about him, but when you look at what the White Sox 
uh, have done, uh, you know, with Giolito at the top of the rotation. They go out and add Lynn this year. You got a former Cy Young Award winner there as your number two guy. Uh, and now Michael Kopech is back. And, and I know there were some encouraging reports uh, from him. Uh, I hadn't heard any comments, I don't think, from Larusa about it. Um, but what are you hearing about how close to being ready to go out, you know, full speed Kopech is and, and, and where they expect him to fit in that rotation? Well, I don't think he'll be in the rotation. I think he's going to be a bullpen pitcher to start the season. That's the feeling I get. Uh, there, there's two two areas. We don't know exactly when minor league uh, season is going to start, but we don't think it's going to be till May. If that's the case and AAA is starting in May, what do you do with Michael Kopech for a month? Uh, he's not going to be in the rotation. The best idea will be to bring him along slowly in the bullpen build up his innings there. And then when uh, May comes and they he's either dominating or he needs to get stretched out, you send him for a month or two or the rest of the summer to Indianapolis and stretch him out as a starter. And he's there waiting for uh, you if you need him in the rotation or you bring him back in September or late August and he pitches out of the bullpen again. So they can accomplish many things with Michael Kopech. One thing is... Uh, what they feel right now is that he's 100% healthy. Keeping him there, Hub, watching the innings load, knowing that he hasn't pitched any innings in two years, and then being smart about it, uh, that's that's the job of the White Sox pitching people, and that's uh, their communication with Kopech to make him understand what the plan is and to get him to agree with it. That That's what we'll see with Kopech. But my guess is he starts in the bullpen, and he starts to build some innings up there, and who knows? He might be uh, one of the more dominant bullpen pitchers in baseball, and they keep him there all summer long. Bruce, before we switch over to the Cubs, what what is the, the biggest remaining question that you have about the White Sox at this point? I mean, is there an area of concern? Is it just about staying healthy at this point? Uh, or, or is there still one or two things that you feel they have to answer to be a legitimate World Series contender? I think the fourth and fifth pitcher spot, you know, who, who fills those roles? Uh, you know, is it, uh, is it going, going to be Carlos Rodon? Is it going to be uh, Dylan Cease? Is it going to be Lopez? Uh, will they all be battling for that again? Will Kopech come later in the year and grab a spot in the, in the rotation? Uh, these are the intriguing parts of spring training for me. And, Four and five, uh, you know, could could be a really solid position because you have Cease, who is a, a monster with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball and a unhittable slider that can't always uh, find uh, his command. And uh, you have Lopez that went through the same thing over the last couple of years. And then you have Rodon coming back from being a number one and a number one draft pick uh, not so many years ago at age 28, trying to regain uh his uh, dominance after missing a lot of years with injuries. So it's going to be intriguing to see who sets up four and five for the White Sox. I think that's essential. Uh, Solidifying those spots uh, make a big difference in uh, whether they're a um, 87, uh, 90, or 95 win team in 2021. Bruce, going over to the other side of town, can 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 the Cubs legitimately look to Kyle Hendricks to be a number one, to be the ace of that staff? Well, he is. I mean, find me someone else that's going to be the ace. And 
And I guess, how about what I'd have to ask you is define what a number one is. Well, he, I mean, listen, I understand he's going to be the opening day starter. He's going to get the first right. turn. Um, and, and I happen to love Kyle Hendricks. I, you know, I'm not worried about him at all. I, I think that he'll have an ERA in the mid to high twos. Uh, he'll give you six, seven innings almost every time out. Uh, he's going to be competitive. Um, uh, and, and, you know, when we talk about pitchers, they're out pitch, so to speak, you know, and you're looking for that, that, that nasty breaking ball or that hundred mile an hour fastball, you know, he doesn't have it, but between the change up and the command, I, I think he can be, uh, the leader of a rotation. Um, but, but usually you want some sizzle that goes with that and, and that you're not going to get with Kyle. Yeah, you know, I mean, I agree, uh, but you know, was Greg Maddox was not a sizzler. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he won 356 games uh, somehow, probably 250 of them with uh, command, just like Hendricks. I'm not saying Hendricks is Greg Maddox, but I will tell you that uh, the resume is pretty good. So I think if you if you have five uh, Hendricks on your team, I think you can win a, a World Series and you can win 100 games. There's just not that many guys that can do what he does by pinpoint command, getting people out with a change, a curveball, an occasional uh, 90 mile an hour fastball off of his 87 or 88 that surprises a hitter like a changeup. Uh, that's the essence of Kyle Hendricks. A joy to watch, fun to watch pitch, and I think he'll do his job. As far as the other guys on the staff, uh, there there is more questions. I, I think uh, when you look at Davies, he's a he's a mini version of uh, Kyle Hendricks, uh, an accomplished pitcher in the big leagues. Take a look at his numbers sometime, and uh, take a look in pitching pitching in uh, in a ballpark for most of his career in Milwaukee. There was a hitter's ballpark, and he has ERAs uh, of uh, under three last year in San Diego, and and uh, 3.7 uh, ERA for his career. So I, I think they're okay one and two. Three, four, and five, it's going to be interesting to see how much they get. You know, how much is left of Jake Arrieta? Uh, how much can be counted on uh, there? How much about about Alec Mills as far as what he is all about? And is he a, a true starting pitcher in a contending team? Then watching uh, Albert Elsley and uh, and Williams battle out for the, uh, the fifth spot as well. So uh, plenty to watch there as well, Hub. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, whether this softer throwing staff can be uh, a, a division winner. You know, it's it's an oddity because uh, normally, as you say, you look for a 97, 98 mile an hour fastball, and Alzale has that. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the innings built up to uh, tell you that he's a, a guarantee that he's going to be there every day for 30, every uh, five days for 30 starts. Yeah, you know, I think when it comes to Alzale and Mills and Williams, you're, you're kind of just crossing your fingers and hoping, and it's anybody's guess. The one that fascinates me is Arietta. I, You know, he's only 34 years old. And what I remember about him is his remarkable training and workout regimen and, and, and the shape he kept himself in and got himself to. And to hear him tell it, it's probably as much or more the injuries as anything else that, that have caused him to struggle a little bit uh, in the three years since he left. Uh, I, what, what are they hoping that they have back? Is it 85 or 90 percent of Arietta, or do they think that maybe they can rekindle the old Jake Arietta? 
Well, I don't think you're ever going to find him throwing uh, 95 or 96 and dominating with uh, a slider that was impossible to hit. But I think he can come back. Look, you know, you're a, you're a Cub historian. You've watched the franchise your whole life. You remember the second versions of Fergie Jenkins and the second versions of Rick Rushels. Uh, they came back. They weren't quite the all-star quality in, in, in uh, Jenkins' case, Hall of Fame quality pitcher they were. But they came back and they, they won in double digits the second time around with the Cubs. Uh, they, were, they were able to do that because they knew how to pitch. Uh, we're going to see if Arietta is that same type of caliber of pitcher that can just go out there and dominate by uh, by pitching and using four different pitches, even though none of them are necessarily dominant. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to watch him go out there and develop. I, I don't put it past him that he could win, you know, 13 to 15 games and have an ERA of three and a half and be uh, on a uh, on a team that. Uh, that contends and maybe wins their division. It's going to be fun to watch that. I think he's confident that with good health, he can be that type of pitcher. I don't think in anyone's wildest imagination do they ever expect to see the the guy that dominated from 2015 and 2016. That guy's gone. Bruce, it, it feels like a massive gamble to me on Jed Hoyer's part to be going into this season knowing that uh, Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, and Anthony Rizzo are all going to be free agents after the year. Um, uh, you know, I, I guess there is some hope that the contract year and the incentive uh, encourages them to be the, their best selves because if they are, they're all MVP candidates. But it, let, let's say that they are all, you know, back to being themselves and playing really well by the end of June, early July, and now you see the deadline coming. Is there any way that you can keep all three of them and, and, and let it get to the end of the season and just take your chances? Let's go over to Mr. Ricketts house and find out, <laughs> um, you know, do you have $400 million for those uh, three, you know, will two of them $150 million contracts being the 27, uh, 28 year old Baez and the 29 year old uh, uh, Chris Bryant. And will you, will you have another uh, fit, another, 50 or $60 million available for an extension for Rizzo for a couple of years. Uh, that'll be, uh, it'll be a fun question to answer if the Cubs uh, get all comeback years from these guys and they, they come back to being the players that they, they have been in the past. And why wouldn't they? I mean, you know, there's a resume there on all of these guys, uh, 28, 29 and 31 year old guys uh, that should all be going into and still in their prime. So uh, I don't think anybody should be shocked if all of them have great years. I, I don't know if there is money out there uh, for all of them. I think, uh, you know, my gut tells me, you know, that Brian won't be there and that he, he'll test free agency. But again, if you heard him today talk, he talked about the openness uh, that there is now with uh, Jed Hoyer in him, a one-on-one -on -one relationships, and that he can talk to him and ask him about anything and that uh, there's uh, not that he didn't have a good relationship with Theo Epstein. There's just a different feel for, uh, by, for, uh, for Bryant now. And uh, when, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when, uh, when Rizzo uh, came in and had his uh, first uh, media session a couple of days ago, he talked about, you know, having uh, the freeness to go in there and talk to uh, Hoyer about it. Hoyer talked about it in his press conferences over the last uh, 
the last few months since taking over for Epstein, that the door is wide open. Maybe there's not even a door there. You can just walk right in, and he's going to tell you the truth about where he's at, whether you're going to, he's going to be able to have money for you, keep you, or uh, whether those are conversations that are going to continue on throughout the year. So all that said, I, I think they're all looking forward to having really strong years and feeling good about the communication with the Chicago Cubs. You know, it's really easy as a Cubs fan. I'll let you go in just a moment, Bruce. But it's really easy to put on the rose-colored glasses and say, yeah, you know, I, I can see Arietta and, and Rizzo and, and Javi and, and, and KB and Contreras, uh, you know, all being the players they can be and these guys being contenders. Um, but, but the one position that it still feels like it's kind of open and, and I don't hear much talk about it, it doesn't sound like they're sold on Nico Horner as an everyday second baseman. Um, what, what do you think the plans are at second base? Well, I think they like him to be, but you know, they have David Bodie, um, you know, they have a other, uh, young guy named Vargas, not young. He's 31. He's been a, uh, utility guy, uh, with Arizona for, for the last three years. Uh, but, uh, they would like Horner to be able to grow, but hub, he's got 498, uh, professional at bats. What, I mean, what, what can you expect from a young man other than, uh, continued growth. He was probably best suited last year to to play at AAA and uh, and play second base there and and get some more at bats in. Instead, he was on the bench and off the bench and playing uh, four or five different positions at uh, at one time or another uh, during the 60 game season. Uh, he was good enough at second base to be nominated for a Gold Glove, one of three finalists. Uh, so. The, you know, he's got ability. Uh, the question is, uh, is he going to be strong enough to be a contributing offensive player at second base every day for the Cubs? I think they feel he can do the job defensively. But uh, so far, you know, he doesn't have much pop as far as extra base hit ability. So he's, he worked on some strength and conditioning over the winter, uh, came into camp a stronger guy, and they're hoping there's more pop there. He makes contact. So I don't think that's going to be the problem. I don't think he's going to be a big strikeout guy. It's just where does the ball go and can he uh, drive it to the, uh, you know, in the alleys in left center and right center enough to be an everyday player. Last one, I promise, then I'll let you go, Bruce. With what we know, and I know we're still learning, but what we know uh, about the virus, about COVID, what do you think the odds are with all the travel and exposure and everything else that they'd have to do that, that, that these teams are able to play 162-game seasons? You know, that's uh, that's way beyond my pay grade of guessing. Uh, <laughs> Hub. You're going to have to ask uh, Dr. Fauci or another doctor or expert. I, can, I can't give you that. I, I don't even go out of my bubble very often here other than to get, you know, thankful I've gotten a couple shots and uh, social distancing and masking when I do go out. So, uh, answering those uh, big questions, I, I can't give you that one. I, I can only say that, uh, you know, baseball had a good resume last year. They, they did a very good job of keeping their players healthy. The teams did a very good job of uh, being respectful and uh, honoring their teammates and their uh, coaches and manager by, uh, you know, staying away from uh, being in contact with a lot of people. I think it has to be done again. There will be situations that come up uh, we know that there will be games that are going to be canceled but you know hopefully they get a whole full season in and uh, that uh, for the most part the sport is healthy and that more importantly 
I mean, not more importantly than them being healthy, but hopefully fans are going to be in the stands and they're going to be able to enjoy the game again because it wasn't the same game without fans being there last year. What's happening inside the clubhouse Saturday morning? We're hoping to have a Cubs and Sox guest as usual. Uh, we don't have that solidified yet, but uh, David Haw and I will be there from 9 till 10.45 before the Bull, uh, DePaul starts their game on Saturday. And uh, we will be taking calls and interacting as usual. Hub, have a great night. Thanks for having me on. Thank you much, Bruce. Stay healthy out there. That is Bruce Levine, guys. You got can't miss radio every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 with Inside the Clubhouse, as well as Bruce's near daily reports here at The Score. Once we get into the season, our senior baseball expert, we're going to take a very quick break here. We got about a half hour to visit. Take your calls at 312-644-6767. You have a question about anything in the world of sports, anything going on in Chicago, in particular the NFL, the Bears, Draft is coming. Free agency is coming. I hope I've got the answers for you. Give me a call. 312-644-6767. We're back in just a moment right here at The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back, everybody. It is great to get to visit with you this evening. I am Hub Arthur, sitting in for Joe Ostrowski on the Joe O Show. Joe will be back 
as soon as his time slot opens up again when we do not have Bulls basketball here at 670 The Score. Of course, in addition to being Chicago's number one all-sports radio station, we are the home of both the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago Bulls. This segment on The Score is brought to you by Hint Water. Hint is pure water infused with surprisingly true fruit flavors, including watermelon, black cherry, and cherry. No sugar, no sweeteners, no calories. It's available in your local grocery store or at drinkhint.com. Hint water with a touch of true fruit flavor. 312-644-6767. That phone number on the BetQL score listener line. We have been busy tonight on the Alpamani Ford guest hotline. Go to Alpamani Ford in Melrose Park. We had Eric Edholm of YahooSports.com stop by. Our very own Chris Emma, our Chicago Bears beat reporter here at The Score, was with us tonight. We just visited with Bruce Levine, got you up to speed on everything happening with the White Sox and the Cubs. And this last half hour is yours. You pick the topic. You've got the questions. I will try and have the answers. First up on the BetQL listener line is Bruce in Woodstock. Bruce, how you doing? Hi, Hub. I love listening to you on the score. I think you're just fantastic. And I really wish you were the general manager of the Bears. I go back to the 1950s, and I was thinking of my Mount Rushmore of NFL coaches. And I, I picked Paul Brown, Vince Lombardi, Bill Belichick, and Don Shula. And I would like to know what would be your four uh, Mount Rushmore NFL coaches um, okay, Bruce, uh, I, I'm, I'm intrigued that you did not include George Hallis, who would certainly be on my, my Mount Rushmore since he basically founded the National Football League as the second winningest coach in history, uh, is tied for the most NFL championships ever, um, and would be one of those four. I would go with George Hallis and Vince Lombardi and Bill Belichick. And then plugging in the fourth is where it gets interesting. Uh, You know, certainly Paul Brown is worthy of consideration. Bill Walsh uh, has to be considered in that group. Um, You know, there there are dozens of other great coaches, but I would think uh, of those five, I am absolutely certain that I'm going uh, with Belichick and with Lombardi and with Hallis. You kind of got to have Curly Lambeau in the conversation too, you know, based on the number of championships he'd won. But since I only get four, and if I have to pick a fourth out of Walsh, Brown, and Lambeau, I'm I'm gonna go. Well, you know, Marv Levy is interesting because even though he never won a Super Bowl, nobody's ever gone to four straight. And and you know, Marv Levy was an outstanding head coach as well. But uh, let me let me come back to. Uh, guys would actually qualify. He's going to be a notch below these other guys. I I think I probably would go with Walsh over Paul Brown. As great as Paul Brown was, as innovative as he was, he piled up a lot of his credits in the old American football uh, conference uh, before he came to the NFL. He was a great coach in the NFL as well, but Bill Walsh really revolutionized the game, Uh, was responsible for a lot of the, the rule changes and, and the changing of the focus of the game that the league went through in the 70s to open up the, the passing era, if you will. So my Mount Rushmore would probably be Bill Belichick, George Hallis, Vince Lombardi, and Bill Walsh. Uh, anybody else has any different thoughts out there, please let me know. Uh, I guess I just left Don Shula out, didn't I? Um, uh, 
Shula, to me, won a lot of games um, uh, with a lot of good teams um, at times when the 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 division he was playing in, sometimes the conference he was playing in, wasn't quite as difficult as what some of these other guys faced. Uh, certainly, again, you know, belongs on the Mount Rushmore. One of the great coaches of all time, um, the winningest coach in, in NFL history. Uh, but but somehow he's just never quite had the gravitas for me uh, that that Halison Lombardi had. I don't think there's any challenging that Belichick is the goat. He he, he is been the winningest of all in the most difficult period to win uh, with the arrival of free agency. Uh, you know, he did do it all, not all, but well, yeah, pretty much all with one quarterback. Um, but, but, you know, many of these guys had the same issue there. I mean, Lombardi did it all with one quarterback with Bart Starr. So uh, that's not a disqualifier. And then again, just strategically, the impact that, that, Shula, uh, that uh, uh, Walsh had on the game is why I would take those four over Don Shula and over Paul Brown. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. I am going to take my final break of the evening, and when we get back, time for plenty of your phone calls. So again, give me a call. We're back in just a moment right here at The Score. All righty, we are in the home stretch. Got about 15 minutes left to visit, take calls, get into the text zone. Uh, text zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai Valgonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Going to join Richard on the phones in just a moment. Real quick, I've got a texter here uh, who for some reason tonight is inquiring about James Beard. Uh, not the famous chef or the James Beard Awards, but the center fielder drafted by the White Sox in 2019. Uh, looking for information. What I can tell you is that Beard really hasn't done much yet because of the pandemic. He was drafted in 19, went to the rookie league, got 127 at bats in Arizona, barely hit his weight. He's 5'10, 170 pounds. He batted 213. Uh, on base percentage just 270, slugging percentage just 307. Um, you know he had uh, what six extra, I'm sorry, seven extra base hits in 127 at bats. He is, or at least was, in 2019 believed to be the fastest player in that draft. So a smallish athlete at about 5'10, 170. He will turn 21 in September, uh, but he is obviously headed for uh, probably a ball, I would guess. He's not going to be in the rookie league anymore, but uh, getting drafted in 19 and no minor league season last year because of the pandemic, uh, he remains an unknown prospect. So wish I had more for you on him than that, uh, but, but that's what we know about him so far. Let's get out to Oak Ridge and welcome Richard into the show. Richard, how you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing there, Hub? I'm Listen, uh, real quickly, um, yeah, I know the Bears are not going to get one of the top uh, quarterbacks of their 20th, and I hope they get a tackle, not a wide receiver. But what about this quarterback from Florida? His name is Trask, I think? Kyle Trask, yes. Yeah. What do you think? What do you know much about him? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you've got a, a, some guys, Kyle Trask from Florida, Jamie Newman from Georgia, uh, a couple others who coming into last season before it all got blown up by the health crisis, some people thought, you know, had possible first round potential, uh, didn't play particularly well, didn't play badly last season. 
Uh, I've seen Trask anywhere from the second round to the fourth round. It, it just depends uh, on who you talk to. And I think he is probably the kind of developmental prospect the Bears could be looking at. They don't have their fourth-round pick. They traded that to Minnesota last year during the draft to take Travis Gibson. So uh, if they haven't taken a quarterback by the third round, unless they're dealing up, then you'd be waiting until the fifth round. I don't think Trask will last that long. He's got nice size, not po- nice pocket presence. He's got a big league arm. Uh, just a guy... Uh, you know, who was a very good college quarterback but didn't do enough to elevate himself uh, to this conversation about these first-rounders. But I got to tell you, Richard, I mean, as I've said earlier in the show, there's some of these first-rounders who I don't love, Uh, you know. So um, uh, all the talk right now about Russell Wilson, who lasted into the third round uh, in a very poor quarterback year, by the way. If you go back to 2012, Wilson lasted into the third round but was still the the third or fourth quarterback taken. It just wasn't a good year to be drafting him. You know, you got Drew Brees with the first pick in the second round with the Chargers back in San Diego in 04. Um, if, uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't 04. It was a little earlier than that, I believe. 04 was the year that they traded for uh, Philip Rivers. Uh, but at any rate, um, uh, you know, if you were to take one of these guys in the second round, who knows what you get? And of course, everybody knows the Tom Brady story. Uh, so Kyle Trask, uh, NFL size, average NFL arm, average NFL athlete, some success at Florida. Uh, is definitely going to be uh, drafted, I would think, on day two. Uh, and my guess is you're looking high to middle third round is where you might see him fall. So he's a guy that you should keep an eye on, You know, keep that name in the back of your mind, because I think that's the type of quarterback that the Bears are probably going to end up drafting. I think it would be a tremendous mistake uh, to try and make a big move in the first round for guys who just are not surefire prospects and having gotten burned or maybe haven't gotten burned. I am not about ready to write off Mitch Trubisky. Um, uh, he, he is so similar to where Ryan Tannehill was in Miami right now. Uh, I'm not predicting that he's going to have the same outcome that Tannehill has had in Tennessee, uh, but it's way too early to write him off. That said, the Bears' experience uh, hasn't gone well. In order to trade up and get another quarterback in the first round this year, it would cost much more than the two threes and a four that the Bears gave away needlessly to move up one spot to take Mitch. But having seemingly gotten burned on that, I'd be very surprised to see Ryan Pace doing that again. So uh, Kyle Trask is is the kind of quarterback. Those are the two names. Kyle Trask and Jamie Newman uh, are the two guys that I think probably go six and seven, not necessarily in that order after the first five. And, and, and where they go, you know, whether they get into the second round or go into the third round, that continues to be a big question. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Um, if you have uh, any questions, uh, I've got a text here that's on baseball. Actually, it says, in one week, the Cubs' final season ticket payment is due. Uh, the Cubs know that more than 25% of the games are not going to have um, attendees are the Cubs being greedy by collecting that payment? Um, I don't know if they're being greedy. Uh, you know, I, I think they're doing what they can do and what they have to do. They still have my money from last year. You know, we had a choice uh, last year when it became obvious because we were already paid in full uh, before the pandemic even broke out. 
Uh, and so we were given a choice of getting a refund or letting our money sit and getting a 5% credit. In essence, it's like earning 5% interest, assuming they don't raise the prices. Um, I can tell you that they didn't actually raise the prices. They played with the tiers a little bit. They created an extra tier. For those of you who aren't season ticket holders, uh, the games were split into, I believe it was six categories uh, last year. I think it may be seven. Maybe it's still six this year. But they adjusted the uh, cost of some of the, the primo games, if you will, uh, you know, the White Sox games, the Cardinal games, uh, other games that are played in April and September are a little bit cheaper. Um, and so my guess is they're collecting that money because they don't know, you know, which games are going to have fans and they want to have all their tickets sold. But, um, you know, and, and they'll have to either offer refunds or exchanges on, on whatever they can't deliver on. So um, I, I am very frustrated with the Ricketts family and, and some of the things that I think they've done as ownership with the franchise over the last couple of years. But to this particular question, um, I, I, I can't get too upset. I, I think they're in uncharted waters like the rest of us. They're trying to run their business. Um, now, I do think that there should be an option where if you do not pay for your season tickets, you are still guaranteed the right to hold those seats uh, until next season or at whatever time they can guarantee that they're going to play games and you're going to be able to go. Uh, I think it would absolutely be wrong to have people lose their season tickets if they did not pay in full by the deadline. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm not even sure what their policy is on that. I would have to look. Um, but I'd say no, I, I don't think they're being greedy collecting the money so much as, as being prepared uh, as best they can. Um, let me see uh, any other questions. Um, uh, interesting one here about Eric Reed. Uh, it says Pro Bowler fresh off career highs goes the entire season unsigned. That's not totally true. Uh, Eric Reed's only Pro, se Pro Bowl season was his rookie year, 2013. Uh, he did play well in Carolina in 2018, 2019, and then was not signed last year, sat out. Um, I actually don't know whether he opted out or chose not to sign or simply didn't have an offer. So I can't tell you that, Patrick, but you're asking uh, why was it not a big story? I think it wasn't a big story because Eric Reed is Colin Kaepernick's closest confidant, um, has actually in some respects raised as much controversy at times as Kaepernick did. Uh, there were some teams where he was not necessarily a comfortable fit. What's interesting is that he was in Carolina when David Tepper bought the team, and David Tepper is one of the more liberal owners who has encouraged his players uh, to feel free to speak out. Uh, and, and I think most of the league is now trying to get on the right side of the social justice issue. But in the case uh, of Eric Reed, my guess is that it was a combination of everything going on last year with the pandemic and the fact that he has been a bit of a distraction uh, both in San Francisco and in Carolina. Uh, for some reason, I want to say that there was a that he signed with Dallas or he didn't sign with Dallas or was going to sign with Dallas. I forget exactly what happened there. Um, but he, you know, is a good football player. He's not the best in the world, um, but he's probably similar to Tayshawn Gibson at this stage of his career. And so if the question is, well, what about Eric Reed for the Bears? I suppose it's a possibility. Uh, also had a texter uh, early on in the program said, you know, I, I don't understand why the Bears won't sign Colin Kaepernick. All it would cost him is a little bonus money. You give him a look. You know, at this point, folks, um, I, I think it's inexcusable that Colin Kaepernick has not been in the NFL for three seasons now. 
Um, and there's no question that he, at the time that he left the league, was better than at least half the starting quarterbacks in the league. Um, there's also no question in my mind that he was blackballed at some point. But I think over the last year, year and a half or so, uh, the league has been trying to clean up its mess there and fix some of those mistakes. And, and, and I don't think it's that there's no team that would have Kaepernick. Is I'm just not convinced that he wants to play anymore. You know, I mean, I don't remember the last time anybody heard him quoted as saying, I'm ready, sign me, I want to come out and play. Um, I do know that, that when the league put on that fiasco of, a, of an open tryout for him, and then he made it twice as big a fiasco by not showing up and going 60 miles down the road where most other teams didn't follow, that's when I first began to doubt how much this guy even wants to play. So while there is no doubt in my mind that Colin Kaepernick got absolutely screwed, um, I was surprised when he settled uh, his lawsuit against the league for collusion. Uh, he apparently got very little from it, and I thought he had a much bigger claim than that, and yet for whatever reason, he did settle it. Um, and, and I'm just not convinced that, that, that he wants to play. Uh, and it's really up to him at this point to at least make it clear that he does, and then we can get back into this conversation again uh, about why not Colin Kaepernick. I, I think at the end of the day, guys, uh, where the Bears are at is that they've got to solve their, their Allen Robinson dilemma. Uh, if they don't solve it by retaining him, I think they're going to be in trouble because then they're going to have to use very valuable assets at the wide receiver position, which is going to make it that much harder to fix tackle and, and to um, solidify the starting safety next to Eddie Jackson, to, to create more quarterback competition, uh, to create some depth at tight end and wide receiver. Um, but these are the things that they have to do. We're going to learn a lot more about how they intend to go about that uh, in the next few days. Tuesday, March 2nd, uh, we will meet with both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, get their thoughts on where their club and where their roster is at, and hopefully get some indication of what the Allen Robinson story is, as well as everything else that they may be looking at right now. Um, and then we'll start to get a sense for what's next. Guys, free agency is literally right around the corner. It's only a couple weeks away, what we call the legal tampering period, uh, March 15th, 16th, and 17th, when they can negotiate with free agents, even though they can't sign anybody until 4 p.m. Eastern on the 17th. It's only a couple weeks away. Um, the the franchise and transition tag window has already opened. Uh, the first day when players could be tagged was this past Tuesday. To my knowledge, no NFL players have been tagged yet. There will be franchise and transition tags used on some. Very interesting story actually coming out of Green Bay today where Corey Lindsley, the first team All-Pro center, has said he doesn't expect to be back with the Packers. He is a free agent, as is Aaron Jones. Uh, um, uh, you know, they've got some issues to take care of there. And uh, I thought that getting Lindsay back was Lindsay was a slam dunk. Now, they do love Elton Jenkins, and center is his natural position, even though he went to the Pro Bowl as a guard this year. So maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe that's why they drafted him. Uh, Lindsay is 30 years old, but that's not old for a center in the NFL. So I was a little surprised to hear that story. I don't see him as a future Bear. I think the Bears are comfortable uh, with Sam Mustafer as their starting center. If not, James Daniels has an all-pro ceiling there if they were to have to move him back. So they have options there. 
Guys, we are out of time. I don't know where it goes when I get to visit with you, but it's just so much fun getting to talk with you that it seems to fly by. We're going to hand it off to the CBS Sports Radio Network. We'll hold down the fort for a couple hours until the grabber shows up. Before I go, I do want to thank my producer. Studs is in the house tonight. Adam Studzinski working behind the glass, spinning the dials, producing engineering. A great job as always. So thank you so much to Adam Studzinski for making this show happen. To our great guests, Eric Edholm from YahooSports.com was here. Our very own Chris Emma of 670 The Score on the Bears Beat stopped by to visit, as did our senior baseball expert, Bruce Levine. More than anything, though, I want to thank all of you for listening, for calling, for texting. Really do appreciate it. Really do enjoy it. I'm not sure when my next shift is, guys, but I know it's coming up soon. I will make sure and tweet and text and let everybody know when that is happening. In the meantime, until I get to visit with you all again, have a great evening, everybody, and keep listening to The Score, Chicago's number one rated all-sports radio station. I'll be talking to you again real soon. Have a good night, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.